I've been sort of exploring with the whole pronoun thing. You know, I was she, her. And then I was like, well, I kind of like they, them, you know, and I, I'm not mad at she, her. I am not, if somebody refers to me as she, her, that's fine. But also the fact that they, them is a discussion now, whereas it wasn't 20 years ago. I'm like, wow, I really resonate with that. And not as a rejection of my femininity, by the way. Like, how cool is that? The way it works for me, at least, I don't know if you agree with this. I've, 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 I've heard some non-binary people say that it's a lot like this for them. And I don't know if it's also has to do with like neurodiversity or not. But for me, at least, it has a lot to do with whether or not I'm being perceived by someone else. Like the way it was put in a song uh, by Will Wood is really good. He says, um, I am quantum physics. My witness brings me to existence. Like... My gender doesn't exist unless I'm being perceived by someone else. Then it's like, oh, I need to figure out what I am. But like when I'm just alone and I'm not being perceived by other people, it's just a blob. There's nothing. (laughs) And that's why I feel like I really connect with being non-binary. And if I can, if I can speak from my lens again, and when I keep referring to my, my lens, I mean my chiropractic lens. It's basically you're existing as an expression of universal intelligence. And as a, as a human in, in on the earth plane, a material form, you're an expression of innate intelligence, which is your body's own ability to self-maintain within universal intelligence, which is the bigger, you know, cosmos, the bigger picture of everything. And so, yeah, gender does not exist in that, in that macro view, right? It just, it doesn't. I love that. A lot of parallelisms too. Like even before when we were talking about like, what's the root cause? Like what's the root cause of dysfunction or what's the root cause of the evolution of this thing or the birthing place of this thing? Why does this thing need loving and nurturing? What's the root cause? I mean, that's practically what I deal with in the office every day is like, what's the root cause of the way you're presenting your nervous tone, your nervous function? Are you neurodivergent? Are you wound up and why? That usually has a lot to do with it. You know, not what is the symptom, because the symptom is just an expression of something dysfunctional at the root. It's so wild to me. I I feel like gender and neurodiversity, at at least for me, and again, it was spoke about, uh, talk about in that book, the unmasking autism. It's just so, it's right there. Like they're, they're very interlinked for me, being neurodiverse and being non-binary. It feels like they very much go hand in hand. It's bizarre. And chiropractic deals with the nervous system. So there's a lot of um, synergy there as well, which we are definitely going to uncover at some point because there's so many cool things to talk about and to teach people about and bring them in the know. I do have both books on hand now, and I did start reading the um, Laziness is Not... What's it called? Laziness Does Not Exist. Laziness Does Not Exist. Thank you. I I, I was trying to think of the title and I couldn't remember. I got through the first chapter with my significant other. And uh, we're going to be, you know, reading, reading that book together and just exploring. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then the the other book we'll, we'll get to, but yeah, I would love to discuss that. Yeah. So there's two other significant pieces to my coming out story or my story of evolution of things that I went through that I want to share. One is, um, so I told you how it was when I was in high school, you, people were not out couldn't be, or you got jumped or made fun of, ridiculed, et cetera. 
So my sister is almost nine years younger than me. She went to the same high school. And uh, one day I came home from college on a break and she was going to the same high school and she was getting dressed for school that morning. And I I was on break. It was like around Christmas and uh, she was putting on a rainbow belt. And I was like, why are you putting that on? I said, you're getting ready for school. And she was like, yeah, I'm wearing a rainbow belt to school. Like, what's the problem? And I said, um, well, uh, aren't you afraid you're going to get your ass beat? And she was like, Janine, it's okay. Like to be out now, all my friends are gay. And she's like, and my sister's gay and I'm proud. I'm a proud ally. I'm a, I'm, I'm a friend. And honestly, even today, I think my sister might, I mean, I I know she's kind of dipped, but (laughs) I don't know. Maybe like if, if she revisited, maybe she's not exactly entirely straight either, but that's not why she was wearing the rainbow belt. She was wearing it because she was basically in support of our community. And just to show you like in nine years, how much evolution there was, because she was like, what are you talking about? You know, acting like I was being some like helicopter sister, like hovering over her. And I'm going, no, you don't understand. Like when I, I went to that same high school nine years ago and people used to get their asses beat for anything rainbow related for looking at another same sex individual. So, and even when I was in college, um, I had a, a pretty significant amount of negative experiences where, you know, the, the cute girl that I was talking about, the spiky hair, we went, um, ice skating and people were, were yelling at us dykes cause we were holding hands on the rink. We, we walked through campus a few times where people would yell out the dorm, dorm windows, you know, hope you die, die dykes, et cetera. Um, so I've been, yeah. I've been exposed to a lot of like just hate in general, you know? That was one of the things I wanted to share. It's crazy, right? Yeah, no, that that it makes sense that you would be so nervous and protective for her, though, considering all of the things that you had been through even, you know, prior to that, but also rather recently you were on break from college and you still experienced things like this in college. Like, you know, the world was still not a hunky-dory place. And it, it's it, it's one of those things where, like, that is wild. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so weird how parts of the world can change so much and parts just don't. Exactly. And I, I, you know, we're in the tri-state area. So things I think are a little bit more progressed than other parts of the the country. There's there's always exceptions. Uh, I grew up in like the northern tip of New Jersey. And like, it's so weird. Like we always used to call it the Alabama of New Jersey. Like the whole of New Jersey would be like perfectly fine with everything. But then there was just this little tip that was just like, no, it's so bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. My family moved to the Poconos from Jersey. But nowadays, I think the Poconos is really made up of all New Yorkers and Jerseyites now. And it's really progressed and they're doing a lot of building, a lot of gentrification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still no gay hangouts, though. Like literally none. No, I moved to Lancaster and there was literally one gay bar and it was like, there was one gay bar in Lancaster and that was like the only like queer hangout. And then it closed down during COVID, never reopened. I was like, yeah, got to go down to Philly. But anyway, so, so this last part I want to share is when I decided when I was a sophomore in college to come out to my family. And now my, my brother, my little brother and sister, they pretty much already knew because whenever they would hang out with me, which was always because I would take them everywhere I was going, they pretty much figured it out. They were so little that they, you know, kids don't really place judgment unless they're taught to. And so they were pretty accepting from the onset, I think. 
Um, they haven't told me otherwise. And so my the method to my madness was, okay, I'm out at school. I'm four hours from home. Let me tell all my friends first because that'll give me a little courage. And then I'll work my way out toward the most important people in my life. And so I was like, my, my parents and grandparents are going to be last because I really care what they think. And at the end of the day, if I don't have the opportunity to have a relationship with my parents or my grandparents, that would be earth shattering for me. And so I was kind of testing the waters like, okay, let me come out to my friends first. And I did lose some friends that I used to hang out with. They were just didn't understand and not accepting, but the majority of my friends were fine. And I made new friends because, you know, when you start to live in your truth, the people that can't handle that, they fall off. And then you just start attracting like-minded, you know, people that are also living in their truth into your circle. And so that's what started to happen. Yeah. So I came out first to my friends and then I, you know, I, I told people at work because I was like, well, if I lose my job, like that sucks, but also like, I don't want to work there if they don't accept me. So I told my coworkers and then I was living in my truth with professors. So if something came up and I wasn't going to make something up like, oh, I felt sick today. I was like, no, I'm dealing with, this is what I'm dealing with. And I just started speaking in truth. And then it was, okay, now I can tell like my cousins and aunts and uncles because that's not my parents and my grandparents, at least the ones I knew wouldn't say anything. Right. And then, um, and then I, and then I told my siblings and made sure that they were on board. And then I told my mom and my dad, And then I saved my grandparents for last and not because they were more important, but they were from an older generation. And so in my mind, it was going to be harder for them to accept me, which out of all the rings of the layers, I think they were the most accepting. You know, a lot of times we project our reality into existence because we're so afraid. I give small poetry snaps to that. Bravo. That's unexpected and wild. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, even even current day, I moved back up north from Atlanta almost a year ago. And when I first my my mom and I, we power walk, um, you know, several times a week. And when I first got back up north, I had a very direct conversation with her. And I'm like, do you feel any kind of way about me being gay? Do you are you, you know, not proud of something? Are you embarrassed about some things? Or I was kind of just checking in to see if there was anything that bothered her about that, you know, because sometimes people, they have kids and they don't expect them to be gay. They expect them to get married and have children. And, you know, on a certain level, I think that is a loss for them, but also gaining something different. No, and that's entirely fair. I just also think it's, it's very, it's very unfair to have kids with expectations. Like they're going to be their own people. You can't expect anything from them. They're their own people. (laughs) Every person is going to be different and they're not going to do anything you expect them to do. That's just what it is to have kids. Mm-hmm. So at the same time that that's understandable, it's also, it's a strange balance. It feels unfair, I guess. Yeah, no, I totally dig that. That That's why I, I like the way that my brother and sister-in-law are raising my nephew, just to normalize stuff and be accepting. And then my sister, the one with the rainbow belt, um, I wonder if she still has that. I love the way she's raising my nieces because, you know, she, she always just taught them to love everyone, everything, and just to be accepting. And um, she shows up with them to pride parades and functions. And, you know, love is love is her message to them. And so I love how my family is raising their children. And I think largely in part due to the fact that I'm in the community and I'm an older generation than my nieces and nephews. Because I don't know that my siblings would have been 
you know, exposed to that or educated about that or even thought about it in raising their kids. No, absolutely. It's the best way to help the younger generation is by teaching parents that we shouldn't have expectations like that for our kids about like who they're going to marry and who they're going to like, we should just teach them to be good people. I definitely feel like this new generation of parents has gotten that. They're like, okay, I figured that one out. The world is definitely evolving for sure. And I think the most important part of my journey to date is because of the things I've been exposed to and the evolution that I've had. Now, being a new business owner, I am aware of the needs of our community and have pledged to provide a safe space for care. And I am really excited to serve our community because even in a place like New York City, where you think, oh, I'm going to have my pick of the litter because there's going to be so many of these to choose from because there's 9 million people plus. And then come to find out that there is not one single non-binary chiropractor in the entire city of Manhattan. That's wild. And it matters. It matters, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Getting care that is inclusive matters so much, especially like the, the medical care, like body care, you know? Like... It, it so matters. Yeah. I'm going to call it self-care, preventative care, anti-aging, and I don't know, lifestyle care. That works. I love that. Yes. Not to be confused with the medical agenda, but that's a whole other topic. No, valid. That's entirely fair. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. But I love that. That is, it's so interesting how much the world has changed and grown. And yet how much things have also stayed the same because of so many people refusing to evolve. It's so fascinating. It is fascinating, which is why I'm I'm so glad that we can be in service to our community and we can talk about topics that actually matter. We could we could dive into a little history. We can um, talk about current topics, current events. We can talk about things that are currently evolving. Yes, because there is it, there's so much currently, and there's just so much happening all the time. Like <laughs> things are constantly changing and growing. Yeah, and further to what you're saying, like there is so much, but also, like even us being in the community, there are some things like even what I was sharing earlier about not even really knowing about certain terms, you know, until I did. But like you know, even now just figuring out like, how does this fit in my, my life, my identity, my experience? Yeah, that's, that's a big part of it is learning the terminology and learning like what it means and the intricacies of it. And then if you feel a connection to it, the why, because like we can learn about all this terminology and then just be like, like, okay, that's just like, it's good to always learn about anything you can, but that doesn't mean you're always going to feel a connection to it. But sometimes you learn about something and it's like, wait a minute. That's one part of it. And I think the other Part is just being able to speak intelligently about it and understand it in a way that you can have intelligent conversations about it. Yeah, and that, it's it's very difficult to do with things like identity and feeling, like emotion and and attraction, and because that's the thing is there's there's being like pansexual, bisexual, uh, homosexual, and then there's also like pan romantic, bi romantic. Like, like there's, there's the, the, those aspects of it that it can be broken down even further. Like it just goes so deep. <laughs> the rabbit hole just keeps going and it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me, makes me super excited about everything that we're doing. 
So, but that's my story. It's nothing to like super write home about, but there are, there were some key moments in it. You know, I learned a lot about it and I'm, I'm really glad that I was exposed to the things I was because it, it made me a super strong human today. And it's also led me to become even an ally and an advocate for the LGBTQIA plus community, even recognizing that I don't know everything, but I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to get deep and dirty and talk about the hard things, the things that people aren't talking about or they are, but they're not really talking. They're more talking in private. And, And I love this. I love that we're able to get on here and just provide value to the world. Yeah, really bring these conversations to the surface. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's so important. It's it, people don't realize like people try to brush off how important these things are. Things like like you know like gender and sexuality and things like that. But it's the it's some of the pillars of like what it means to be human. It's who you are and who you love. Like, <laughs> is that not the human experience in a nutshell? That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, like it's who you are and who you love. Is that not the whole reason we were here? I thought that, like, was I told wrong? Uh, I, I really enjoyed hearing your story. I, I love, I love how you were able to observe all of the different ways people would react to queerness around you, you know, while at the same time, like, it's clear that there were parts of it that were internalized. You didn't let it affect the fact that you still like came out and did it at a time where a lot of people just stayed in the closet. A lot of people through the nineties and early two thousands just stayed in the closet. Like it was just, it was just easier and safer that way. But even with observing all of the different interactions with queerness around you, it was just kind of like, fuck it. It's me or them, you know? And I love that. I genuinely love that. The only thing I can do is just be honest and live in truth. You know, I, I can't, I can't pretend. Honestly, it's the, it's the best way to do things. Facts. Yeah. And we're going to keep working toward and hoping for the day when coming out is no longer a thing. And it's just, Hey, here's my partner. Yeah. Rock on. Isn't that amazing? I, it's, it fills me with such joy. That is queer joy. Yeah, exactly. That, honestly, a whole episode could be dedicated to just, like, the idea of queer joy and, like, just that whole concept and the way it is literally, like, it is a physical feeling and, like, it's so unique from just joy. (music) 